Welcome back. This is the Liberty on Fire podcast. I'm your host, Libertarian Tony, and I'm going to be joined by Conservative Joey. So happy that you're here joining us. If this is your first time, then thank you for being here. If, on the other hand, you are a dedicated and regular listener, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate that you come and listen to each and every show. So, Joey, where the hell have you been? Um, on the uh, East Coast, sleeping when you're recording. Yeah, but you're supposed, you're supposed to be a young guy, man. What's going on with that? I know you keep telling me, but I don't know what's happening. But I'm here now. Okay, I mean, it just took you forever. I, I've been trying to hook up with you. Actually, that's not true. I, I have to admit, I've been so busy with work and the kids and everything the past couple of weeks. And then just over the past couple of days, I was able to crank out three podcasts um, of dubious quality. But hey, I did it. Yeah, you did a good job. I haven't really been paying attention to much of what's been going on in the in the news lately i've been taking a little break but there was a little thing that happened that i thought was uh, had some interesting kind of uh conversation that we could have about it the uh the kyle kashruv kid who got his his harvard admission rescinded you heard about that i did read an article on breitbart about it but i think the listeners probably don't have all the information maybe you can give everybody just kind of a summary well, it's not a huge news thing, but it, but it did make national news because the kid, Kyle Kashev, he's one of the Parkland survivors. Remember the Parkland shooting that happened in uh, my neck of the woods in Florida? And, uh, after that shooting where that crazy student came in and shot, you know how there was a segment of, uh, of students who really came out against guns and the Second Amendment and they blamed the NRA for, for a bunch of nonsense and – they were really like super liberal crowd that David Hogg like pretty much took the uh, limelight and became a political activist. You remember all that? Yeah, I remember that that little piggy. Yeah, God, he was kind of annoying to be honest, but I don't want to say anything too bad. But on the right side, there was one kid who decided, you know, I'm not going to be like my classmates. I'm actually more conservative on this. And I think, you know, guns aren't necessarily the problem here and maybe other stuff like security at schools. And so he became the 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 person that the right wing sort of pushed and said, Hey, look, it's not only, um, a bunch of second amendment bashing liberal students. You have some conservative students there. So that's where this kid came from. And he, and he got a big, he, he decided to become more of an activist as well on the, on the right side. And he, he got a big following, you know, he's up to, I don't know, you know, 50,000 plus Twitter followers. And he has allies and people like Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder to have him on. So um, it, that's why it was national news a bit when when he got accepted to Harvard, but they rescinded his 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 acceptance because of a little controversy that happened. So that's the story. The controversy is that somebody pretty much ratted him out and delivered, I think, to Huffington Post a group text messages. They said it was on. Google Docs, but whatever whatever it was on, it was group text messages that he was texting and saying some really idiotic and some really bad stuff when he was 16. So Harvard board reviewed it and decided it was it was bad and rescinded his um, his acceptance. What kind of stuff did he say? So he was saying and that's the thing is uh, uh, what I like about this topic is because 
you know, first is Harvard right to do it or are they wrong? Is it is it um, left versus right issue? Is it is it Harvard like easily going after and um, and and pulling his admission because he's on the right and Harvard's left wing, you know, kind of. So that's the type of stuff I was interested in. But what he was saying, and I have a little bit of it up, I can't even repeat it. I mean, but he was using the N word, you know, a bunch. And there's a when I first heard that, I was like, ah, you know, okay, you're a kid in middle school or I'm in high school, 16. You say the N word, you're joking around with your friends, like, hey, what's up, my, you know, N word, and you're, you know, but this was totally in a racist context the way he used it. He was he was demeaning black people with with the N word. He was, um, let's see, he was he was demeaning girls at his own school. Saying they they only like n word, you know. So he was he was very demeaning to women in it, and it demeaning to, it was a racist the way he used it. Um, have have you seen any of the other comments he said? Um, not verbatim. I from what I understand about the what the article said is he just sent a, a bunch of stupid shit, and some of it obviously racist. I didn't even hear about the sexist stuff, but that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that one, I mean, he really got, you know, they really did rat him out because the sexist one about the, the girl in his school was like a text message. It was a different forum, a different exchange than the original Google Doc one, I think. Um, but he, he made a Jewish racial comments. Um, and one of the, which was ironic, one of the things he said is, uh, let me see if I can find it. He, he said n-word you know hey i'm i'm mad i will effing make a csgo map of douglas and practice kill all the effing jews kill all the you know f the jews so i don't know it's not really sensible to even what he was saying in this you know doesn't really make a logical sentence but he's he's actually throwing out n-word throwing out f-bombs and saying he'll make a uh i don't know if you know what csgo is it's just a shooter game making a, a map of his high school and practice killing. I mean, that's kind of eerie, too, because a year later, he, you know, his school, got, his school got shot up. That's the thing. I mean, was Harvard? what's Harvard supposed to do, you think? I mean, when I first heard about it, it was on the Ben Shapiro show, and he was calling, saying Harvard, you know, it was appalling that Harvard would, would rescind. You know, he apologized. And what, what's the new standard now? You know, um, you can't say anything in private, even when you're 14, 13. Um, so I, I agree there's, you know, to a little bit. You know, to me, it depends, first off, on the age would matter, right? If he was 12, then this, you know, it would be a different thing to me, right? I mean, you're 12, you're, you could say a bunch of stupid stuff. You're, that's not the same person you are when you're 17, going to be, uh, you know, going to college, right? Given that he did say a bunch of stuff that is really insensitive racially and religiously and otherwise, I think Harvard, their review board, can look at it as, you know, we really don't want this type of student here. We don't have any, you know, proof, I guess, or, you know, I don't know, do, do they even need to have proof or evidence that he has changed his ways and feels differently? I'm not, not too sure about that. They can kind of make whatever decision they want on it. Yeah, that's how I felt. I mean, Shapiro on his podcast in the articles he was writing, because he was defending this kid, was saying that Harvard doesn't have any evidence that he's been racist in his real personal life. You know, it's just, it's just private talk. But, I mean, this was 16. It's not that young. 
to you know to be watching what you're what you're saying even in private talking like that is pretty bad especially when you want to be you know going to a place like harvard and why would why would this harvard need evidence that he you know this is just two years ago i i think kids nowadays they need to have a certain amount of social media awareness and even though this was in a private chat session or text I mean, whatever. I mean, you can have kids doing all sorts of stupid things and putting pictures of themselves on Facebook and tweeting, you know, poor comments and tweeting, you know, bad pictures of themselves and of their friends. They they really need to be smarter about this. And I'm okay if Harvard wants to kind of use this as evidence or as an example of like, this is kind of what we don't want. And hopefully, I think kids will kind of wake up and be like, hey, you know, let's not, all right, let's not do that. Let's be a little smarter about what we do on social media, who we text. And, you know, if you've got these, you've got these ill harbored feelings towards, you know, blacks or Jews or anybody else, you might want to look inward at yourself and try to find out why you have those, those bad feelings. Yeah. And that was one of the first things I thought of, actually, was like, I actually think it's a good thing that something like this is happening because it just needs to, I think, happen more often where people are getting caught. Unfortunately, the way it happens is you get ratted out here because someone's attacking you probably because of your politics. But at least the point is you, yeah, you think you're saying this stuff in private and then you're, you're going totally over the rails and really edgy with it all. Um, but it can come back to bite you. So it's almost like, the internet is coming back around to self-regulating itself. So like the internet allowed all this free information and all the ability to communicate like privately instantaneously for free with anybody you want. So the dialogue and talk got really bad and raunchy between some kids, you know, compared to back in the day. But now you might have to watch yourself and dial it down because you never know when it's going to be public and available and we rat it out. I don't know. I kind of think it's, this is a good example of, of, um, yeah, I, I kind of like it. I don't know. I think you should be caught. You know, kids, I, they shouldn't be saying this kind of stuff. I mean, this is really extreme. And if this was like, t- I can't imagine people like in my school talking like this when I was young. I mean, there was bad talk, but this is just even on a, on another level. I think it's just getting worse the way kids talk and stuff because of internet and social media and all that stuff. Yeah, there's a certain amount of I guess, anonymity between uh, yourself and what you post on social media, right? So people kind of feel desensitized to what they actually say and the way that the things that they're saying come across to other people because that person's not right in front of you. You can't see their facial expressions or their reactions directly. So you make some really nasty comment more so than you would uh, if you were actually in front of someone or in front of a group of people and uh, you kind of some people talk about the whole you know keyboard warrior or keyboard activist type person and it's really it's more cowardice than anything else i think yeah but it is a thing and and this just is the world we're living in now where where information can be exposed like this and you pay the consequence so i mean i get their point of some people feeling bad because he was attacked but it is what it is. And that is one thing, though. If, if he was – I mean this happened because he was a conservative. And 
you know that that's where these people exposed him to Huffington Post of all places. The Huffington Post, of course, is super eager to to take it on and, and really dish out. Uh, if he was liberal, or you know, this would never happen, or he would have never got called out. So I mean, it kind of sucks in that regard. It's just there's definitely a an issue where the right is being attacked through this kind of style. People hunting through anything they might have said and then and then exposing it. We've seen it happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, he probably would get a pass if he were a lefty. He might not. I mean, they the left does occasionally go after their own. It doesn't seem like they go after their own with with the same amount of vigor, though. Yeah, I don't think he would get a pass, though. You know, if it was exposed. You know, I, I just think he wouldn't have been. Tar- no one would have ratted him out like this if it, if he was on the left. But if if this was if he was a lefty and a liberal and he still said this stuff and it became public, I still think Harvard would do the same thing. I don't think Harvard would, uh, you know, would, would have accepted an apology. It's pretty bad stuff. Right. Yeah. So I can't. I'm not faulting Harvard here, but I I do think this topic does dovetail into a kind of what if scenario like so what if he wasn't using the n-word and he wasn't being anti-semitic what if he was just you know pro-life what if he was just pro-trump could harvard rescind his uh, you know acceptance then i think they could do whatever they want that would be really bad look for harvard though so i don't, I don't think i don't think they would do that yeah, but you would think that some colleges out there, I mean, there's some really crazy schools, right? Like Oberlin and, uh, I mean, I mean, just about every university, uh, aside from a handful, are, are run by leftists. It, I mean, it's just a known thing. It's like they've been uh, constantly promoting progressive, I guess, instructors and professors and tenuring them. And the, uh, I guess, the more conservative or, let's say, more libertarian faculty just don't get those appointments the way the progressives do. Yeah, for sure. Again, it's like, are we on a slippery slope? I think obviously this kid should be made an example of, and I have no issue with what Harvard did about rescinding. Uh, However, now I guess we could discuss what happens when Harvard or some other school goes down the road of like, well, we really don't like your politics because you're, you're just not, you're just not in favor of the poor so much. You know, we really need you to uh, be in favor of wanting to pay more taxes, of socialism. And you've made some comments on Twitter that were kind of capitalistic and, you know, kind of in favor of the founding fathers. I mean, where, when, do we draw the line? Do we ever, can we draw the line? Do we have enough power to draw the line at this point when you have the institutions, the educational institutions is run by leftists? Um, I don't know if you can draw the line besides if they ever got to that kind of point, you can really, you know, just boycott kind of Harvard. I don't know how you boycott Harvard, but bad press, I guess, you know, that would be pretty bad press for them if they got to that point. But, um, no, I mean, they can do what they want, and if you want to go to a progressive school because it's Ivy League and you're not progressive, then I guess the only thing you can do is really keep your, your voice down about it, to be honest. I don't really know. Yeah, that, that kind of sucks, right? Because if you are a, a different way of thinking than them, then you can go to a school where you're supposed to learn about 
speaking up and about activism and about all, you know, things that hearing all sides of a debate. I mean, because you're a kid, really, right? So you don't really know anything yet. And you're learning. And if if one side of or multiple sides of a debate are completely shut down because of the the faculty or the administration at that school, well, then you're really doing yourself a disservice. And that institution is doing the students a disservice by shutting out, you know, altering or, or different opinions. Yeah, it may get to that point. Luckily, in this case, I don't think it's 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 a left right. I think it's just that they made a call and on how the bad things he was saying, and I think it wouldn't matter his political affiliations. But yeah, we we know that that these schools are are super progressive and are very liberal. So, you know, who knows? Okay, so I think since we're almost fifteen minutes in, um, I'm gonna skip. Let, let, let's skip the whole education issue and education reform and, you know, whether government should be involved because that could be an hour conversation or more. All right, so I, I have a follow-up comment or two from the Iran podcast I did the other day. And so some of the things I want to say revolve a little bit. To, they start with Pompeo. So, you know, so Pompeo came out and said that, you know, we don't want war. But he did say we do kind of need to punish them in some way. And then also recently, he said in the past that the CIA taught him to lie, cheat, and steal. So it seems like these guys only really want to, or only tell the truth when they admit that they're liars, right? Isn't that kind of funny? Mm-hmm. So that he actually said that at a, a Texas A&M University talk which is kind of amazing that he admitted that. But anyway, um, so overall, it looks like that we are still using this 2001 authority uh, to use military force, which gives the executive branch the ability to basically start a war anytime, anywhere. And and this authority was passed three days after 9-11. So you can understand the context of the U.S. getting attacked and then responding quickly with with that's that sort of that resolution or whatever you want to call it but now pompeo and the warmongers you know they want to use that same resolution in order to commit some sort of offensive against iran um well i mean for me it's like i mean are we supposed to assume that this is normal that you can use some sort of end around the constitution and let you know the president pick a fight and start a war whenever he wants. Mm. Doesn't seem like it should be normal, but it doesn't seem like to me, based on some things that Trump says, that he is a a warmonger guy. So what's what's up with the? Do you think he is, or what's up with the disconnect then? Yeah, you know, I, I really have a lot of trouble with that because when he campaigned in uh, before the election, he came out and said all sorts of great stuff, and uh, along the lines of. You know, we got to get out of these wars. We got to bring our mm-hmm. troops home. And Bush lied us into the war with Iraq. Everything that I agreed with, and a lot of people did, obviously, because they voted for him. Um, they they saw that it was, uh, you know, a bunch of lies, and we are wasting our blood and treasure over there. And you know, we're not doing any good, and we're only making things worse. But you know, it seems like now, I I don't know if it's 
you know, maybe his views have changed or the people he has surrounding him have changed his mind. Well, you, you've heard stuff directly from him recently on this. I thought recently he was asked about the uh, oil tankers and, and whether this would spark some sort of conflict. And I, didn't he say something like, uh, now nah, over oil, not really, a, you know, not really a, a big deal. Well, that I'm not too sure. I didn't hear those comments. But, I, I mean, he's been very anti-Iran for, I guess, the past three years. He's been talking about, mm -hmm. even when he was campaigning for president, about how bad the Iran deal was. And then he mm -hmm. was so happy to withdraw from it uh, as president and then put sanctions on Iran. And then kind of they've had some waivers to sell uranium, and then he takes the waivers away. It's like, It's like he's helping the warmongers achieve something. And obviously, I have no idea what's going on in the background. you know. But you have Pompeo and Bolton possibly whispering into his ear every day, you know, we got to bomb Iran. We got to bomb Iran. We got to go after them. So maybe at some point, he's just like, all right, dude, all right, get off my back. Let's, all right, take out Iran. And then let me, let me just run for you know president again in 2020. But, but just stop, leave me alone about this Iran stuff. You know, so maybe he gave in, or or maybe, you know, some uh, military industrial complex guy just showed up at his house one morning and he's like, "Yeah, if you don't go with our our plans to invade Iran, we're going to have to kill your whole family." Who knows? So the only thing that I'm, I'm still confused on uh, from your on your view is you think there's not really any any real danger from from a place like Iran and everything is just propaganda from our country that there's such a threat yeah because of the track record our uh, if you know if we went into Iraq and found like a bunch of nukes and chemical weapons then okay then all the stuff that you know Colin Powell was out there saying I mean I mean I can remember this vividly about how you know the Bush administration and all his cronies were selling the weapons of mass destruction. I mean, they, it was like day and night coverage on all the news networks about how much of a threat Saddam Hussein and all these weapons of mass destruction were to the United States and to Israel and to every, all their neighbors. And it was all a bunch of bullshit. Okay. Based on the track record. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we have evidence from uh, the Gulf of Tonkin incident and the Pentagon Papers with the Vietnam War was a complete lie, you know, the incident that got us involved. So, and, and if, you, if you look deep enough at all the evidence that's come out about pretty much every war after World War II, and some people would even go before that, but I, I don't, we won't have time for that on this podcast, but it, it's like, they're all based on lies. So why should we believe them now? I, I don't see, I really don't see how Iraq was a threat to the United States years ago. I don't see how Iran is a threat to the United States. I mean, I'm, Iran might pose a threat to the region, you know, to, mm -hmm. to maybe to Israel, but they're, they're not really a threat to Saudi Arabia. I mean, Saudi, and, and I don't really care what happens between Saudi Arabia and Iran. I mean, you got these two, you know, almost opposite religious, you know, uh, sects that kind of hate each other. But that's none of my business. I don't think it's any of the United States business. But it, I, I'm just I'm worried. No, I'm saying I, I get it. I rest. I still wrestle with the fact that it all sounds conspiracy theory-ish from you, except for the track record that you're talking about 
is is true. It, there is there is a track record of of, of lies and, and a bunch of, a lot of BS and you know nothing working out the way we we envisioned it working out with Dolly's foreign policy. So it's kind of like I have both those things. Uh, it is weird to me to hear you think. So I was saying that um, before my headset sorry died on me. Sorry about that. I was saying that it is it is weird when I hear you say you know you think the oil tankers that went down were were actually uh, um, made up and it, it, by us. You know I'm not actually sure what you think there. You think are you thinking that we did it? Well, I guess that's possible, right? I mean we have you know little CIA black ops groups all over the world. So we could have done it. We could have asked. Uh, Israel to do it. We could have asked Saudi Arabia to do it. That's a pretty bold thing to say, isn't it? I mean, a, a pretty uh, making an assumption that that we did it. That, that, does that seem like whoa? Not really. Not not when you consider that it, you know the Iraq War was based on a bunch of lies that they knew were lies, but they sold it to us anyway, and then we went in. And, you know, we lost, I don't know, how many, how many, how many soldiers did we lose in the Iraq war? Maybe 5,000? But then that doesn't take into account how many more thousands came home broken. I mean, these soldiers came home drug addicted, half blown up, you know, severely handicapped. And then the, the suicide rate in our military is the highest this has ever been. Uh, and then that also doesn't take into account don't forget the 500,000 or so children we killed overseas. Do we have any justification for killing children in a war or, you know, in some sort of a conflict? I mean, it's ridiculous. And then all the other millions of people that were either killed or affected or displaced by what we did based on lies. So, yeah. And not to mention all the, the missions that were going on in the Mideast with our, with our military were some, some of them are completely pointless to read about. Like, you know, like the, uh, the whole Restrepo thing in the uh, Afghan mountains that's creating, like we had a bunch of troops in like the, in the most dangerous part of the Afghan mountains, just get under attack, like every night trying to pretty much just flown in and saying, okay, he's trying to survive by building bunkers and stuff along the mountains and move up as you can. And while we try and work out a trade route with the, you know, a little route for the locals to go and, and, um, so, so we can get a little economic boost in this region here. But it was like, it was the most pointless thing I've ever seen. It was like our soldiers were there just barely surviving for nothing the villagers there wanted nothing to do with the u.s soldiers help anyway i mean they ratted they them out to the taliban so i mean when i saw that i was like what are we doing there yeah i think a lot of our missions and overseas involvement is, is just pointless and we're, we're doing you know more damage than good i, I you know i i'm i'm pro-troop and i'm pro-american by bringing our troops home and only using our troops when necessary. So I still think it's it's crazy to, to say to to say that that the Americans would would blow up the ship to me. Maybe you're you're saying it's not crazy and uh, it's just uneasy anyway. But I do I do totally. I was like it made no sense to me the whole story of what happened there, and especially the them retrieving the the mime the mime thing. I thought it looked like a joke. I mean, they were in they were in the middle. I think you were talking about it on your podcast. They were in the middle of the day on a white boat. It was a bunch. Of, it was like seventeen guys like staring at one guy removing a uh, removing a mine. It, 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 like 
it made no sense. Yeah, it, it's you know, and and if it looks fishy, then it probably is, right? It was the middle of the day. A bunch of guys, a big white boat. Uh, it it didn't look like very nonchalantly removing this mine mine that didn't go off that they placed there, and they're just going to do this in the middle of the day. And this, and um, yeah, like the the people that reported the the blast. They reported a more of a projectile thing anyway, so it was definitely fishy. Absolutely. I don't know who did it. I don't know if, if us doing it would be bad. Yeah, obviously neither of us were there, but I think if you know we're gonna get back into another conflict, you, you got to come out and give the American people some real proof. Well, here's the thing that I'm still confused on though: is why do we want? Why do you think then that? W- there's people in like the the deep state or, or whoever of this country who want the conf- <clears throat> want the conflict. All right, so now this is obviously all uh, I'm surmising and guessing. So, consp- so conspiracy theorying. Yeah, well, or or not really conspiracy, but just theorizing, right? Because we don't know, right? I mean, it's clear that uh, Netanyahu and Israel have been anti-Iran for a long time. And they probably have a reason to be anti-Iran, right? Because of all the conflicts back and forth and accusing Iran of being the seed of terrorism in the area and that kind of thing. The international community, despite what Netanyahu has said, that they're like so close to building a bomb. Remember when Netanyahu came to Congress and he, he said they're months away from having a nuke? Well, then the international community came out and completely refuted it based on all the inspectors and everything. They're like, no, they don't have a nuke, and they're not they're so far away from building one. So I, I can see how it's in maybe the interest of Israel that Iran doesn't have nukes. Not that I actually think Iran would use them, because that would be really retarded, right? Let's say Iran develops a nuke, and then the first thing they do is they bomb Israel. Well, don't they know at that point that you know, we would just completely wipe them off the map, and Israel will just kind of wipe them off the map at the same time. It just, it makes no sense. Mm. Like when countries like North Korea and possibly Iran want to maybe get nuclear weapons for themselves, like North Korea did, I think they really want to get a, a seat at the big table. They're tired of sitting at the little table with the children, and they want to come to the table with the adults. Because once you have a nuke, you have a deterrent for a big country like United States coming and attacking you and telling you what to do, right? So, the, I mean, nuclear weapons have only been used once in history, and that was by the United States, okay? They have never, ever been used again. And, I mean, as far as I can see, I don't think they're going to be used in the future because it doesn't make sense. It's like they're not tactical, they wipe out way too many people, way too many civilian deaths. They don't. They can't go out like a. You can't go after like a small, you know, single military installation. I mean, and by doing so, by going after civilians on such a mass scale, it, it, you're assuring your own destruction. So nukes, if anything, are making the word more the world more peaceful, and it, it's really counterintuitive to think that way because the nuclear weapons are so destructive. But once you get one. Then you can basically be like, hey, you know, we got nukes, so don't come and invade us. I, I bet you Gaddafi wished he had nukes and Saddam Hussein wished he had nukes, you know, because they're dead now. Yeah, it's almost like similar concept to wanting to arm a school. Right. I mean, it becomes a deterrent if 
you know, you're a crazy dude and you want to go shoot up a bunch of kids at a school, but you happen to know that school ABC allows their teachers to conceal carry, but school DEF down the street is a, is a gun-free zone. I mean, where are you going to go? Right. If you're a country you and you, ha, and you don't have a nuke, then theoretically you can get bullied. But if you had just one, even one nuke, then whoever might come in and bully you, they have to be aware that, well, now that country could be react unpredictably and, uh, you know, just last resort, set off a nuke. And so you would never want that to happen. Exactly right. So uh, a little bit of a deterrent. But I still don't understand where you're thinking that who like people in our country want the conflict to, to look hot. You know, they want there to be a conflict with Iran or to appear like there is one. What, what is that for? Okay, so I guess you have a lot of different camps here, right? You have the people that are military industrial complex people who make billions of dollars by selling weapons. And, and they have uh, no interest whatsoever in peace because then it all go broke. Okay, so they have an interest. Would that be, would that be you think, reason number one? That's, that's probably reason number one? Or yeah, you think? I think that's a, a high up there reason. And then you could potentially, I guess, look at the bankers and oil companies. With oil prices being depressed and them wanting to make a buck, well, a little bit of a strife back and forth in the Middle East tends to send the oil price higher, which is you know great for their bottom line. Okay, so here, there's that's another interested party. And then you have, I guess, the populace of the United States. A lot, I mean, a lot of people in the U.S. are anti-war. But then you have a lot of people that are, mm-hmm. you know, pro-America. Like, oh, America, we're the best. We could take out anybody. That kind of thing. And I, I can't stand that attitude. I mean, yeah, we have a great military. But, you know, at what cost? And we don't use it defensively. I mean, we're, you know, we've been out there for years and years now trying to, you know, spread America's greatness by bombing everybody. I, I just don't agree with that, you know, uh, that way of thinking. But yeah, I don't, I don't know the real reasons behind it. Um, yeah, I mean, it could just be people getting paid off uh, by certain people to be pro-war. I mean, I don't, you know, what, what, is, what does Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio have to offer, you know, on this pro-war, you know, stance? What, you know, what's going on in the, in the background with their bank accounts, you know, or their, or their re-election campaigns? Like, who's giving them the money? Who's, who's providing money for their PACs? Uh, their super PACs, that kind of stuff probably should be looked into because those two are very pro-war. You know, you have Tom Cotton, you know, wants to bomb every country in the world, probably including France. And I, I just, I don't know where that comes from, you know, because Cotton used to be in the military. So why would he want to send, you know, his old or former brothers and sisters into harm's way if he didn't have to? I don't get it. And of course, it still could have been Iran who did it. But uh, I don't think it matters if it was, though. Like, I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like I'm all for more of the not getting involved as much as we were before, you know, type of type of thinking now. But I don't I don't yet totally have the I don't I conspiracy theory ish type of thought about maybe we're the ones propping it up and, and it's propaganda. But maybe it is either way. I don't yeah, I don't think it matters. Well, we shouldn't be caring that much, unless it directly involves no, us. No, I, yeah, I agree. I it's uh, I mean, I 
do have to say, I mean, there's a chance that Iran did it. And why would they do such a thing? Maybe they maybe they do want to give the middle finger to the U.S. and to countries. You're like, hey, if you mess with us, we're going to do bad things. But it was a Japanese boat, though. You know, right at the time where the Jap the you know Japanese who was who was talking with uh, Iran. That's uh, so prime prime minister of Japan uh, Abe. Oh, it was a prime minister. Okay, so it was the prime minister of Japan was with Iran was talking with Iran and. Um, trying to get some something done, some deals done, and they go and they bomb their oil their oil tankers. Is that the story? Abe was there talking about trade and oil and peace, and at the same time, the supreme leader is going to sanction a an attack against a Japanese tanker. That's retarded. Yeah. So, well, that wouldn't be a middle finger to us then. That'd be a giant middle finger to that guy. Some people that theorize that if I Iran was behind it. Then it's it's kind of middle finger to the world is that that we won't be told what to do, even if you know we have someone coming to visit us talking about peace. We'll even you know we'll even bomb their shit too. Yep, and I I agree that that, that just it just seems like a um, a reach of a story there. Yeah, it seems seems really like a really dumb thing to do. Well, any other things that I don't know if I derailed what you were talking about originally. Yeah, yeah you always derail me, dude. All right, so I want to talk about the, the, the executive branch, and we've seen this before, doesn't want this whole conflict discussed in Congress like it's supposed to be, and they don't want the evidence scrutinized. And this is really the job of Congress. You know, the, the power to start a war or a conflict isn't supposed to rest in one person in the White House, right? The founders never intended it this way at all, and, and Congress is really derelict here in their duties. I mean, it's obvious now, and nobody follows the Constitution anymore. It's like a blank document, and our politicians just pretty much do whatever the hell they want. Uh, one more follow-up thing was uh, last night, Tucker Carlson uh, had a guest on talking about Iran, who said basically that we should stay out of Iran, get out of Iraq, get out of Afghanistan and Syria, and then Tucker agreed with him. And I have to, you know, I have to thank... Uh, I guess the Lord that we have people like Tucker that has such a huge following as he does. He's one of the only people out there saying those sorts of things. Yeah. And I'm glad that you make the point to saying how much you like Tucker since you decided to create a segment called Contra Carlson. Uh, at least you get to tell the, make sure the viewers know that you're not against Tucker. No, no, he, he's great on a lot of issues, uh, on most things, except then he starts talking about economics and protectionism, and then I want to kind of slap him around a little bit. Yeah, he's a bit weird there. Um, all right, so the last thing I think I'd like to finish on today was this Trump rally in Florida where he uh, announced his official you know, campaign for 2020 re-election. And I don't know if you watched any of it. I, I watched about an hour. No, I didn't watch it. I just heard a quote here or there, um, but I didn't watch it. And, you know, it was in Florida. Why wasn't I there? That's a good question. Yeah. But uh, what would you hear in it? All right. So I, I guess big picture takeaways. Um, Donald Trump, for a, a guy in his, what is he, about 90, 95 years old or something? He, he's up there. He's an old dude. He had a ton of energy. I mean, he, I don't know if he was reading from a teleprompter, I couldn't tell. It didn't look like it because Trump kind of goes off the cuff whenever 
I mean, I think all the time, right? And I mean, he was great, actually. It, it was, uh, I think, inspiring to the people on the right. Mm. And I really think he's going to be hard to beat. He had such a, it was a packed stadium. And supposedly there were more people that wanted to get in, but they couldn't. Yeah, 73 years old, by the way. 73. Okay. So I was, I was pretty close. I was in the 90s. Yeah, his energy is is really crazy too. For someone who doesn't have a history of of, of drugs or or drinking or anything like that, man, that's good. He he does have a ton of energy. And um, what was I gonna say about about him? Oh yeah, it's gonna be really fun when we get there because I think he's just gonna be destroying these these people who the, who the Democrats are putting up right now, and um, it's gonna be really entertaining. And we talked about before though that the big problem. The potential issue is always going to be what's the economy like, and especially stocks, because he likes to hitch his his wagon to that. What's it going to be like at the time when the the 2020 elections come? Because if it's if it's on a downswing, then that's yeah, a big huge hit. I mean, that's that's the one way I see him losing. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the economy, stupid, right? I mean, everybody knows that. If the economy's in the dumps, if yeah. if he can somehow blame it on the fed or on the democrats maybe he'll come through but more than likely if the economy is really doing badly at that point a lot of the you know swing voters and independents will might move away from him at that point blaming on the fed is what he will do but i just don't think it, it that reaches enough people like you know they don't really care or even know the role of the fed and how it affects things right uh, we're definitely going to have to do a follow-up podcast on that one day. Um, mm. I think one of the last things I want to say is that you know, no matter whether you like Trump or not, and I don't think the lefties are going to admit it, but he is extremely entertaining. I, I mean, he's definitely not a boring president. They don't admit that. They don't. And that's the thing is we find him, all the supporters, all the half-supporters— and all the, the people who are sort of middle of the road that are objective, I think they all find him wildly entertaining and, and funny at times. And I think they like a lot of the stuff he says. And the left, they don't. They think it's ridiculous, but who cares? They're not going to come around to anything. You know, it doesn't matter what he says. But I think he's winning. I think he's winning the middle of the road, sort of, if there are any left, you know, type of people with the way he talks. I, I think it's great. I mean, he's so polarizing that it gives me hope that things between the left and the right are going to get worse and that eventually some states, perhaps like California, will just be like, I just can't take it anymore. We're going to have to leave the country. And then eventually California goes and then Oregon and Seattle or, I mean, uh, Washington State and then New York and New Jersey go. They form their own country and then we start breaking up this, this big country and then we can finally live peacefully when... Everybody decides that, yeah, maybe we just don't share enough common values to kind of be uh, ruled over by, you know, the opposite side every four to eight years. I think maybe there is a, a definitely a big polarization, but there's only like two segments. So you either share with that half or this half right now. Yeah, I, I think people will eventually just have to make the decision if the country fractures, like, where am I going to go? Uh, you know, where do people share most of the same values that I share? Uh, I think it'll be, I'm hoping it'll be peaceful. I'd love a 
peaceful breakup of the country would be great. You know what's obnoxious though is you have states that are making their own, you know, laws, and then you have companies like big liberal like um, virtue signaling companies like Hollywood basically saying, oh well, we're we're not gonna probably we're not gonna film in um, Georgia anymore because of their decision on on abortion. That's their state's decision though, and their people's decisions. You know, like why can't they just accept that? But you have you have companies saying they're going to stop doing business in that state. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean that that could end up hurting those companies more than the state and the people in that state, right? So they are taking a pretty big risk by doing that. I mean, if they're filming in Georgia for a reason, they're filming there because you know it's much cheaper to film in Georgia than it is in in California. So. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to pay, what, double or triple the price to make the same movie in California? That's up to them if they want to do something like that. But then you, you're going yeah. to end up with competing companies and uh, producers out there that can produce content at a much cheaper, uh, I guess, rate. And um, hopefully could help kind of keep those other more leftist companies in check. Yeah. I didn't want to derail you into that, but I just thought it was just kind of interesting that people are not respecting even states' decisions when it doesn't affect them. It was their own state citizens who, who voted that way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, why would the people of Alabama want the people in California to tell them what to do and then vice versa, right? It's like, why would people in California respect what the people of Alabama have to say about their lifestyle choices. It's just like, it doesn't make sense that you have one set of rules for everybody, right? I think we can all peacefully kind of do our own thing, right? Live and let live. I, I think it's much better that way rather than to force your will onto somebody else. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you all for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. Please do me two favors. Number one is to share the show. Remember that we want to continue to advance the message of individual liberty, and sharing and growing the show is one of the best ways to do that. The second favor is to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. A five-star rating is much appreciated. Also, please check out our website, libertyonfire.org. Thank you very much. And until next time, let's keep those fires of liberty burning bright. (laughs) 